All right, guys, welcome to the Untamed Podcast. This is episode three. Before we get started, I just wanted to give you all a heads up. We are now on the Apple Podcast app. So if you got an iPhone and you like using the uh, the podcast app that Apple hosts, um, you can get on there and just search us up, and you should be able to find us pretty easy. Um, we are also on the Google app, uh, Stitcher, and Podbean. So if you listen on any of those platforms, you should be able to search us and find us pretty easy. Um, well, that pretty much does it, guys. Let's get into today's episode and uh, talk with Josh and Lane and myself here. So let's get started. You ready? Yeah, man. Making sure you're clearing your nose there. Feel better? Yeah. All right, guys. So welcome to the uh, the uh, third episode of the Untamed Podcast. Uh, today we got uh, uh, our intern with us, Lane. Uh, he just graduated high school and he's excited to be working with the Untamed. Uh, we've already had him out quite a bit, but before we get into Lane, um, I think there's something we need to discuss. Here recently, there were some uh, images surface of Josh drinking a uh, martini at Applebee's. <laughs> and uh, I just think that he owes it to the viewers to kind of, uh, viewers and listeners to explain himself a little bit there. I don't, I don't have anything to explain, <laughs> to explain, you know. I like having a cold adult beverage every now and then. And we had been at the ball field all day. And when we we got to uh, the restaurant we were at, I decided I didn't want to have a beer. And I ordered a uh, margarita. Uh I like margaritas. But what normally doesn't happen is, is when they bring the martini glass out with the shakers, I ask them for a large water glass uh-huh. to put it in so it doesn't look like I have one of those feminine glasses uh-huh. that I have to sip out of. But in the, all the hoorah and we had 30 people from the team, I did not want to bother the waitress with asking her to bring me a different glass, so I sipped out of the martini glass with my cold margarita. And obviously Jay um, and my wife snapped pictures of me sipping uh, out of the martini glass and make fun of me. So I will have a margarita every now and then and not ashamed of it. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> we, you know, you've got this, this big manly look to you. you got the, the tattoos, the, the tight sleeves, the beard, you know, all year long. I just felt like you owed it to our uh, our listeners and viewers. Well, I don't, I don't want our uh, listeners or viewers to get any – uh, different perspective, maybe because I'm drinking out of our martini glass. Okay, all right. Well, I just wanted to clear the air there, make sure everything was, was good to go. So uh, now that we have that covered, guys, uh, we're going to go into uh, what are we currently doing and planning for our year. And it's kind of like a, uh, I guess, and we're going to be talking about uh, our schedule for this year, what we have in mind, and uh, yeah, I guess. We're going to start things off August 31st. We'll be pumping out a bunch of uh, bear videos. Uh, how many days is that season? That is a 16-day season. Yep, 16-day season in southern West Virginia. It's only in four counties. And um, we'll be bear hunting um, just about every single day. I know, I mean, I'll probably be out every day. Well, I mean, I, I don't think we'll be out every day, but I think last year was the first year we had the two-week season. And I think out of the 16 days that, we hunted 12. Yeah. It is a hard season. Um, everybody was super pumped that the 
DNR opened the early season up for us because it just gives us more hunting days. But those, those, it used to be a week long, and then they extended it to two weeks here in that uh, in those counties. But it is just an extremely hard season uh, on the dogs and on us because of the heat. Um, the heat's the biggest factor. Now we got lucky. Was it last year that we hit some cooler weather? Not that I remember. It might have been the year before in yeah. those two weeks that we hit a little cooler weather. Uh, but, I mean, historically it's 95 degrees. Humidity's terrible. We get out and hunt at daylight, and we try to be out of the woods by 10 or 11. Yeah, and, and that time of year it seems like, you know, there's a you got other you got issues of the dogs overheating and so really you just kind of want to run you know once a day and get it and you know start as early as possible yeah the all-day hunts are are not happening we don't want them to happen now we have been on some all-day hunts in the early season right because of the distance of the chases and that's not being able to catch up but we try to get in and out as fast as possible because of the heat on the dogs yeah yeah and then then if you don't um no and you know compared to december um where we're out pretty much all day long yeah you can have daylight to dark and that is because of because of the heat right uh, right it's just easy easier on the dogs um and heck it's easier on us right i mean it's it's not easy to trample around in the woods chasing dogs right for three or four hours when it's 95 degrees yep um so but that's what we may look for in it it's harder in in the early season also if you get on a bear early uh, with it being so dry and say you get on a bear early and you get it taken care of by nine or ten in the morning well then you're looking for tracks from the night before that are now eight nine ten hours old yep and it's just extremely hard in that in that dry weather for them to get started so yeah. we just don't find any reason to, you know, if, if if we can run one a day, then it's good and all the dogs are good and all of us are fine, then that's what we kind of stick to in that season. Yeah, and and sometimes, um, you know, somebody can rig, someone can rig about the same time because a lot of times we'll split off in the morning. Yeah. People, you know, someone might, you know, ride their dogs down this ridge or, or wherever, and, and you can get on a couple bears, but it's all got to be done early. Yeah, I mean – Getting started early is key, and yep. getting it finished early. Yeah. When we split up, that's usually when we don't get a rig right off the bat because we usually all stick together during early season so that we can have the maximum amount of dogs that provide pressure to put the bear up in a tree. Right, right. Okay, well then uh, after that, that season comes in, a few days later, I believe it's around the 6th or 7th, uh, Kentucky season comes in, and if you all watched our whitetail videos last year, um, we didn't we didn't whitetail hunt Kentucky, but th this year we plan on whitetail hunting Kentucky, and uh, trying to kill a velvet buck, which we discussed a little bit in the uh, past podcast. Now are, are, you'll be going to Kentucky with him, right? Yes. Yeah. So I would love to kill a velvet deer. Yep. And we Kirk has been researching. Um, on our hunt wise app from public lands over in Kentucky that we're going to try to get to in the next two weeks and look at yep. glass scout it out yep and that'll of course be in future videos um 
but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get over there and and their season comes in around the sixth or seventh. Well, we still got like another week or, or more of bear season. Uh, so what we'll be doing is that's the cool part about as far as we can bear hunt the mornings and then we'll load up and as soon as we get done, you know, get the dogs taken care of and then head to Kentucky, which is a lot easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, it's easier said than done. But I was just talking about this. Um, with a fan of ours, we were in uh, Kentucky playing baseball this weekend, and a, a fan had shot me a message. And while we were at saw saw me, me and Jay at Applebee's, well, he came over to the hotel afterwards, and we sat around talking. He's like, "Where do you all find time to put out what you put out?" And I said, "That's part of the untamed lifestyle. It's not just us going out and hunting. It's us finding the balance between." our jobs, our work, our families, uh, everything that each one of us do. I mean, there's, there's a balance, but then it's just all out, just go. Right. You know, no matter what. I mean, if if I work all day and we're going to run dogs at night, I mean, I might get home at 10 o'clock. I might not get home till the next morning. Then i got to work again. Right. But that's kind of what you were talking about with bear season. I mean, it will be hard because we'll be up at four in the morning, hunt till ten or eleven, put the dogs up, change, go to Kentucky, yep. and you're hunting till dark. Yeah. And then you're going to do it all over again the next morning. You're going to wake up at four and go bear hunting again. Yeah. And then what happens if you you know shoot a deer that evening? That's right. Yeah. And then you're going to be out taking care of it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a, a lot of factors there for us when the early season and uh you know josh and jay they both have kids they both have jobs and everything like that it's a little bit easier on me right now <laughs> yeah it is but it's not because in the midst of you trying to hunt and get content you're also trying to edit everything that we're doing right right same thing with lane yep uh he doesn't have a full-time job he you know He's trying to do things for in his personal life, but then also help us out and learn. Right. Uh, so there's always a balance of of time, but there's really never enough time. Absolutely. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the hourglass doesn't stop. Right. It'd be nice to just have a few more extra days of rut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or you know, we would like to have three weeks of extra December season. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That'd you know, be great. You know, if it started the first week of November yeah, and ran for two months. We'd, oh, we'd, I don't know about the November there. We know that's, you know, that's deer time. Well, it is deer time. <laughs> we always make time for everything anyway. Right. Right. So yeah. So I guess after that Kentucky season, um, West Virginia and Ohio season will be, you know, right around the corner after that. And of course we plan on bouncing around to, uh, those are the primary States we plan on hunting. At least I plan on hunting. I don't have as far as I was trying to get a Wyoming uh, deer tag and wasn't able to. Um, I put in for their uh, leftover draw. I didn't put in for their original draw, and I didn't get a tag. So I'll primarily just be hunting West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. And uh, Lane and I, and, of course, whenever Josh and Jake can go, you know, but I plan on hunting almost every single day. So that'll be uh, – I say that now, but we'll see in season. Well, I mean – once once Labor Day hits, yeah, we're pretty much, and that you know that's the greatest thing with Stacy, my wife, is she understands like 
from September to the end of January. And then everybody thinks, well, January, what season are you going to? Well, I didn't get to go last year because of ATA. I mean, you all went out, but. Hey, you're, you skip, know, you're skipping us here. You're getting ahead of us. What'd I do? You're getting ahead. Oh, I thought you already covered. All right, yeah, we'll roll into it. Let's go. All right, we're getting in the mountain line now. But no, we're going to take a trip out west. Yeah. And uh, mountain line hunt with a, a buddy of ours that we we become friends with on social media and ex- really excited about that. We'll let you all know about where we're going and who we're going with and uh, later on. Yeah. And then, too, uh, I know uh, some of the guys we bear hunt with, and I went last year, uh, they go out and hunt public land in New Mexico. And I'm sure they plan on doing that as well. And so uh, it'll be – there will be a lot. Uh, that's something that we haven't done. We still have a, a mountain line video on the hard drive we haven't, we haven't put out yet. But in January and February, we're going to have a ton of cat stuff. Yeah, and, and predator stuff. I mean, right. imagine the, the time, the, the stuff, that the coyote hunting that we did this year yep. that we haven't put out yet. Yep. I mean, and we really pound the woods hard January, February, March predator hunting. Right. Um, and then rolls into April. And then it rolls right into turkey season. So it's all, doing it all over. Never ends. Uh, so this is kind of the lull time for us, the summertime. Right. It's the... Uh, you know, we consider it the low time, but I, we're still running multiple times a yeah. week. Yeah, and, and Kirk's running a lot more than us, and Lane's getting out more than us right now. Yeah, um, but that's because I'll go with, like, you know, everybody's work schedules don't line up together. Uh, Chad might run one day. Josh might run one day. Zach might run one day. And Jimmy Good might run on Saturday, which today's video, this podcast will probably be out around Thursday, but Monday's video, uh, yeah, this is being recorded Monday. Um, that'll be a hunt where we went over with Jimmy Good and Chad couldn't run, Josh couldn't run that day, and that's just that's why I get to go so much. Is because everyone's schedules don't line up together, so I just go when Josh goes or when Chad goes or when Jimmy goes. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's how it goes. Did you go over Saturday? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Lane, Lane wasn't a, 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 a he's coon hunted and rabbit hunted. His, his dad's a big rabbit hunter, so he but he's never bear hunted, so he's had a a little bit of a learning curve in the it's new past six six seven eight weeks with us uh on the bear hunting he's uh he's began hound hunting but for men now so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> hear you. <laughs> that's right so have you enjoyed have you enjoyed the bear hunting side i like it a whole lot better honestly than what coon hunting oh that that part of the side yeah i didn't even i wasn't even going to recognize that side <laughs> no don't be hating on coon <laughs> hunting I, I don't know it's just I different like, i like coon hunting oh no i'm just kidding yeah i mean everything's just different to a point where like driving around and hunting and rigging it just all plays into it what i like better when you all coon hunting you all what they call free cast a lot yeah. more yeah than what we consider free casting yeah we talked about that on the last podcast yeah yeah cool i mean i know it has to be an adjustment for you because i noticed the other day you were snoozing on me a little bit oh yeah i'm not used to that we were out guys we were out hunting and i didn't get home till almost midnight you know but we were out till about midnight that friday night and then saturday he what time did you get up i had to get up at three o'clock three o'clock meet me at magic mart and we drove an hour and ran dogs all morning and i caught him first time i caught him he was giving it one of these head bobs you know and i I just couldn't hang it it hasn't happened to do anything with hanging man i can hang with the best of them but i like catching a nap 
Everybody knows that. There's nothing wrong with taking a nap. Well, but it depends on when that nap is. It can't oh, we were trying to rig, and I was sitting there. Yeah. Oh, you, you were still hunting. Yeah. Oh, Bubba, you can't do that. Yeah. I can't I, hang in there. He hasn't learned. If you all if y'all follow us on Instagram last December, I always post videos when I was getting Monster Energy drinks at the gas station. But he hasn't learned that trick yet. And I'm not on a Monster Kick anymore. I've been drinking uh, Bangs and Rain, which are like, crack cocaine in a bottle i mean there's 300 milligrams of of full speed uh i don't even know what's in them but if you if you drink one don't plan on sleeping for for about 12 hours yeah and see i i go on just natural high yeah i can't do that you know i'll be like i look over there like lane just bobbing for apples oh it was bad (laughs) was it bad oh yeah a few times hit my head on the window you sound like brody they'd ask him a question he'd be like yeah uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) it was bad (laughs) You can tell he had no idea what they said. Yeah. Where do you go to school at, Lane? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. Just tired. Yeah. Well, I would get used to that because once the fall rolls around, oh, yeah. we stay after it. Yeah. I mean, that's – and we talk about it. We talked about it last week. We talk about it all the time. Is that's one of the biggest parts of our success is giving ourselves the – maximum opportunities yeah the maximum opportunities come from being out there yeah i mean it's simple as that if you're out there enough eventually you're going to get lucky that's right you know not that every kill we have is lucky but you put yourself in that position you know you can't get lucky sleeping on the couch that's exactly right i mean um turkey season was a was a great um example of that you know everybody you get on social media and everybody's like, oh, the season is terrible. The birds aren't making any noise. They're not being audible. Right. Not talking. Right. And everybody go out and hoot in the morning. Didn't hear any gobblers. Pack it, it up. It was hard for me. They'd pack it up and go home. Because I had school where everything for graduation was rolling right, in, right then. Yeah. I couldn't go every day. Yeah. Well, when people were packing it up, you know the the you can hunt till noon. Mm-hmm. We stayed out till noon. No, we you hunt many, till how, one. Well, how many days did we stay out? Oh, a lot. I mean, we killed a lot of birds midday. Yeah, where we wouldn't hear anything in the morning. Right. Yeah. But we would just keep on walking, keep yeah. on calling, keep on walking, keep on calling. When most people went home, yeah, and got back in bed, or they went on to work. You know, a lot of people go out and try to hit a couple of hours and get that hot bird before they go into work. All right. But you see the, the actual guys that are committed to turkey hunting, they stayed out and they were, they were successful as well. All right, and that translates into, that persistency translates into bear hunting, white-tail hunting, you know. Just because you, you don't have a deer on camera doesn't mean you can get out there and learn something. That's right. So. It doesn't, I mean, it tells you that that deer walked across your camera at that time. Right. But it's not telling you anything else. Right. Doesn't mean he's not somewhere else at a different time. That's exactly. I mean, go figure it out. There could be fifteen other cameras in the area that other people have that. Yeah. Getting pictures of him too. Yep. Um, so I always, everybody, always ask me, man, how do you all do what you do? We're out there. Yep. It's as simple as that. Is that? Doesn't matter if it's raining, snowing, sunshine, windy. We. If, if it's in season, we're hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's roll into some questions now. We uh, 
in our first podcast, I put up a uh, a thing asking people could type in questions on Instagram, and uh, we didn't get to quite a few of them. So, uh, do you have any wrote down, or do you want me to start with some of these? Oh, you can start. I've got a few wrote down, but you can start it off, and we'll see where it goes. All right. So, if you are familiar with the uh, hound hunting world, and you watch hound videos, uh, you've probably came across Rez Hounds, and that's uh, Calvin with Rez Hounds. Uh, he asked us there, uh, uh, is there a certain line of dogs that we run, and are papers important to your dogs? So, Josh, I'll let you uh, hand it over to you from there. For for me, yeah, I don't have papers on any of my dogs. Um, do I know where all my dogs came from? Yeah, I know what breeder or if I got a pup from somebody out of our group. Um, I know that and most of our viewers and listeners know that there's a lot of us in our group that runs Mike Kent Blood. Yep. Uh, Which is three bear kennels. Three bear kennels out in Oregon. And um, we've ran his dogs for probably eight or nine years now, in and out. I've had a couple that were real good dogs, but bad luck killed killed a couple, and I've got a, two two new ones from him now, and I've got another one that's got Kemp blood in him. Uh, was 100% Kemp yeah. out of uh, Kempy and Tilly. And he's referring to Kempy as a, that's a dog's name. Yeah. And Tilly's another dog that we hunt with, Jimmy Good's dog. Um, and most of his dogs, I've talked to Mike. I actually just talked to him today. And, and I understand why Mike doesn't want to talk about his pedigree as in names and work. But I can tell you that with Mike, all his, he has, he, he puts tree and walker, run and walker in all of his dogs. Now, what percentages they are, it depends on what he's crossing. Right, and I'm sure he has it. He's not just putting two random running or, and training walker dogs together. He's 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 got it thought out and you know reason why he wants to cross those two. Oh, he he's a scientist. Absolutely. And, and you know of a of a dog breeder, um, you know, the one pup I have, the male dog, uh, Huck, he's half and half with training walker and running walker. And the female, the jip I have from him that I just got, she's 75% running, 20, 25% treating. With a small, he said he said maybe a 16th or a 32nd of a trig. Yeah. That's a big misconception that everybody thinks that a lot of Kemp dogs are just ate up and got all this trig blood in them. Yeah. Um, and if you talk to Mike and you talk about his old dogs, he said that maybe if he goes back to his old uh, arrow dog, that he might have had an eighth of trig in him. Yeah. So, and then I've got uh, so that's on on that's the kind of the bloodlines of the of the dogs I'm moving to. That would be my whole pack. Yeah. Um, breeding within our group and getting dogs from Mike. Right now, your 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 plot dog could he have had papers? You just didn't. Send them in. He probably is paper. Yeah, I just didn't get the papers from the owner when yeah. I bought. And probably I'd say your your blue dog too. Yeah, and definitely I, I actually have papers on Zeus. Yeah, see guys, I'm thinking for Josh, um, getting that the gears going. But I don't pay attention to papers. But yeah. I do have papers on Zeus. Right. Um, my blue dog and the the red dog I know uh, that I got him from another hunting group. Um, that Jip, 
that she had, you know, those guys are big on the, the small rooster bloodline in the, in the reds. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't necessarily worry about the pedigrees because, um, once I get to handling them and hunting them, you know, they're going to, you're going to know if you're going to keep the dog or pass the dog off. Right. Um, but I think everybody in the group would agree. I mean, I don't know how many dogs in our group have camp blood in them. I would say 80% of them now. Yeah, probably 80 to 85%. Yeah. I mean, when I first started running, I didn't know anything about dogs. I didn't even know. I mean, like, I didn't even understand really what hounds were, you know. I, did, I just did, I didn't have any idea. But all I could, everyone, everybody talked about was Kemp, Kemp, Kemp. And that's what Aaron noticed. Every one of our, you know, almost every one of our dogs um, had Kemp blood in them. Yeah, and that's Craig and Zach's. Uh, he's an older dog that they've had um, that he got off a, I, not 100%, but I'm pretty sure they bought him from a guy that, that came out of Kemp's kennels. Yeah, and he's talking. they're talking about the dog. The dog's name is Kempy, but it came from Mike Kemp. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of strange there. They, they, it, it, not strange, but it's it's confusing when you're talking about him because we yeah. say Kempy and we're referring to the dog, not Mike. And then in that time, Craig and Zach bought, I don't know, four or five, maybe six dogs. Yeah. Um, either – Mike Kemp bred hounds off other people or from Mike himself. And that really has been a huge part of our group's success is us crossing out between ourselves. Right. Um, and the dog, that, that, that bloodline is just, it, it is bred to hunt. Right. And it's bred to catch bears. Right. Um, I don't think that's where Mike, when he started breeding, I don't think he was breeding for bear hounds. Oh, really? Yeah. We had talked about that. He said it just, they just make great bear hounds. Yeah. Um, and see, I think a lot of people, um, from what I gather online, reading primarily on Facebook, I'm not on any forums or anything like that, but a lot of people around, especially in West Virginia, um, they don't really understand like a running walker and a treeing walker. They just consider like a walker just like as one dog and, and there's no difference between them but uh, most of the dogs you see that people i guess hunt are around here unless in our area are mainly just like 100 percent treeing walker coonhounds and uh, these dogs have running walker in them which i see a lot of running walkers like i said not around here not in west virginia but down in like north carolina virginia and stuff where they're running uh deer and stuff like that coyotes you know i guess in vermont i believe there's some guys up there that do it well, I mean, it, Mike, and I, I keep on going back to Mike because that's mainly the bloodlines that we have. Uh huh. You know, they're bred to catch game, and he puts, and like I said, he has half and half in some of his dogs in between running and treeing. Me, personally, I like a little more running. Yeah. And that's just a dog that is going to run on the track. He's going to bark a little bit. He's not going to sit there and power on the wood, you know, when he's treeing. Mm -hmm. But you can train that dog to tree. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like to me that the treeing walk will, will run the track um, harder. Like, not harder, but will stay on the track. Uh, and a running walker will wind the track with its head up, moving, moving, moving. 
and I don't know if that, that's true or not, but like I said, I've been I've been hound hunting now for just about two years, and from what I can gather, Chad, and this is the only thing I'm going off of, Chad has a 100% tring walker, his name's Ike, and he's extremely cold-nosed, can rig, and he's not related to anything we have. Um, he's not very fast at all, but he can always get a track started, and he can and he can rig. And what he does is, I mean, I've seen him do it. Uh, say he gets behind, and the dogs are coming around a holler. He will stay on that track and won't, even if the dogs are straight across from him, he won't cut over and go to him. He will run that track out. Whereas a running walker, they might leave that track and go get up there with those other dogs. And uh, they just, they won't run, he, he won't leave that track. He stays on that track. And those running walkers seem like they'll run up their head up and just kind of win the track. The bear may have crossed, you know, 10 yards or more from where he came down, but those dogs might be to the left or right of him just winding it as they're going. Yeah, I mean, they're continuously just cutting that track. Yeah. Cutting the scent. Yeah. Uh, and what, I mean, from what I've gathered, and, you know, I know you've bought dogs from him, um, but... Mike's just trying to breed an overall, like the best possible bear dog. Yeah, I mean he goes. I mean he's he's he calls out litters. If you know when they go, one of the greatest things with Mike is he does not send a dog away from his kennels until they're five months old. Mm-hmm. And he, he puts because them through he, yeah. because he gets them started and sees how they're going to act because he doesn't want to send them to, out to any customer at eight weeks old without him knowing what he's sending them. Right. And that's that's Mike's big thing, and, and he, he guarantees his hounds. As long as they're hunted, they're going to hunt. Right. And everyone I've seen, that's if they're hunted, they turn out to be bear dogs. Yeah. Uh, if they're notorious, I can tell you this. Mike will tell you this. When you get them, they're very timid. They're very shy. Um, they've never been rode in the trucks with the older dogs they are those pups hunt together that's all they do yeah they don't he's not they're not ever hunted with older dogs so when you get them you have to give them time to acclimate and spend time with them um and put them in the truck with the dogs and let them run around i mean those two pups i just got with the first time we took them out they wouldn't come out of the dog box yeah yeah i, I remember mean, being like Ey. you just tuck yeah. it up and and kirk was like Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they don't want to hunt. You just spend a pretty penny on them, and That's they right. won't come out of the dog box. That's right. So on our third trip out with them, they, they busted out. Yeah. And Huck ran great. You know, Brody and I, my son, you know, for the first month we had him, we'd take him out on rope in our field and mess with him with the tone, let them learn their name, the tone, the shock, and letting them just lick all over us and get used to it now yeah uh, they're right in the mix yeah yeah and uh jimmy good who we run with all the time he uh he just got a litter mate to josh's dog to the jeep yeah, yeah. Storm. and you know they're eight months old now and that dog the other day um somebody else got a bear track started like one of the guys we were hunting with and we cut while the dog had just jumped the bear and ran across the road and we cut in the rest of the dogs which is, like I said, that's Monday's video. And he cut in that, that puppy. Uh, that puppy's name's Karma, eight months old. And they ran, you know, a, a decent way, especially for an eight-month-old dog, and it went the entire way. Was yeah. there was there a tree and we got there. And two weeks ago, Jimmy took that pup out, and she didn't want to hunt. So yeah. she just run around, run around, run around, because she 
since the previous owner had her, she'd been on a chain. Yeah. Not getting hunted. And I think that no matter if it's a dog from camp or anywhere, I think if you're not hunting them, they're just going to become stagnant. They're not. I mean, yeah. You have to take any dog, any any hound that you're going to take out there. You got to get them out there and hunt. Yep. Um, you know, I, we've had I've had comments about my box. I've got all kinds of different color in my box. Um, Chad, you know, he's got he's multicolored box. Yeah. Which now he's pretty much just camp. Yeah. Uh, he's got a couple walkers. Yeah. You know, and uh, but. We hunt whatever works. Yeah. Um, I think the only box that's strictly is Bucky and the Markhams. Yeah. Zach and Greg, you know, they all got walkers and nothing else. Yeah. Um, now, whether they're camp hounds or not, it's kind of a mix. I think Markham's got all camps now, and Bucky's pretty close. Yeah. Okay, so here's a getting off that topic for a while. It says, uh, how many dogs do you guys hunt with? So, Josh... <laughs> <laughs> how many dogs do you have i've got eight um zach and craig got 10 or 12 yeah chad's got 10 or 12 yeah Bucky's i believe he's got 11 11 yep um bucky has seven or eight yeah i'd say about eight now but now he just had two litters of pups and so he's gonna be bringing he's gonna Come December season, he should have some pups that are running, mm-hmm. um, at least hunting. Yep. Um, and Jimmy Good, I think he keeps. I'd say Jimmy's got ten or twelve. Yep. Um, most of the time, though, like early season, we, we'll just use early season. This September season, you know, comes in Labor Day weekend for two weeks. Not there. There won't be. There'll be very few days where every one of us has our dogs. Yep. When, as in December, we hunt our dogs pretty well every day. Yeah. Because of the heat and keeping fresh dogs, we'll hunt dogs, half our pack, and then the next day we'll let them rest and hunt the other half. Because that's a, I mean, it's a long season to hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so within our group, to answer the question, with the group that we hunt with, I'd say there's 50 hounds. Yeah. And that doesn't, I mean, rarely are you going to see 50 hounds on the tree. You know, normally uh, when a bear is up, there's probably, I mean, it depends on where the bear was started, who gets cut in and stuff. But usually, you know, there's like two or three dogs that are responsible actually for the bear going up. But there's a lot more hounds. Like there might have been, somebody else may have got it started and someone may have cut in quicker. You know, there's there's different factors. And a lot of times what you see is um, we, when, when there's a bear treed, um, people like if you got puppies or if you just want to get your dogs in their tree there looks like there's a million dogs at the trees well that's just because people want you know the dogs to see the bear in the tree and 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 even though their dogs weren't involved in the chase they're just they're they're developing them so that's why in yeah, our videos for training purposes right in our videos you'll see a bunch of dogs at the tree um normally there's not you know literally that many <laughs> there's not like if there's 60 dogs running a track or 50 dogs running a track that's pretty rare yeah i mean i think that uh I don't know. I'd say the most I've seen running one bear at a time, and that's dogs that are behind, dogs that have been packed in probably. I mean, I've seen 30, bear, 30 dogs on a chase before. Yeah. And it and it's awesome because it sounds like a freight train. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, roaring. Yeah, you can just you can hear that roar just 
way distant. It's just one constant, just whoo. Yeah. And then as it gets closer, you can start hearing each ham. And yep. it is, if you've never heard it, it's just it's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great sound when it echoes in these halls. They like to call it mountain music. Yeah. So, uh, let's see, another question. Um, when are y'all getting new hats in? We should have them by the absolute latest. And if we don't, it's Josh or Jay's fault. So y'all can blame them. We should have them by bear season, August 31st. If we don't have them by then, somebody's getting fired. Somebody's <laughs> dropped the ball. Um, staying on the bear topics, a, a question from one of our YouTube viewers. Do you all ever have any issues while bear hunting uh, with other bear hunting groups or on public land disputes. And that was also a question on Instagram. Is it very competitive running hounds in your area? Yes. Um, have we had any other, have we, have we, has anything ever got so ugly with, with us bear hunting? No, I, I've, I've not experienced it here. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen, I mean, since I've been hunting guys, I haven't seen one issue, not a single no, issue. I mean, we see bear hunting groups out sometimes where we're hunting we go the other direction because um, even if they're in an area we want to hunt we're confident enough that we can go somewhere else without any any confrontation and we'll go run a bear somewhere else right? yeah we're going to get on a bear you know right and in, and down here there's no uh i guess it seems like in southern states there's big leases everybody's got clubs where they run run deer and stuff and uh, we don't have that down here. There's no like clubs or big, or big leases that we hunt or anything like that. No, and then, you know, getting on the WMAs here is very hard right. for hound hunters. And a WMA is just public land for you all that, that that don't know. Yeah, it's a wildlife management area, and you're not allowed any motorized vehicles here. Right. So it would be, we wouldn't be maximizing our time if we took off walking through WMA with yeah. our hounds to strike a track because right. it would take us all day to get through one. Right. And it's not saying that we won't ever do that. It, we could, you know, yeah. but uh, it, it's not our first choice. Well, I can tell you, if, if we would get a fresh snow yeah. in December, I would love to do that Yeah. to go through the WMA because it would increase our odds of being able to see the track. Um, but we've not had... Now I've been I've I've hunted up north the northern part of the state, and there's such an influx of population of bear hunters in the eastern Panhandle in the northern part of the state that I have seen some disputes get ugly. But yeah. I, I was I mean I'm just a guest up there and I kind of just keep to myself. I'm not going to get involved in them. Um, my opinion is it's not worth it. Um, everybody's out there trying to hunt. Um, as long as somebody, I guess I would disagree with another group coming on if you had property right. leased up, yeah, and it was yours. Oh, of course. There'd be an issue, yeah. Um, but most of the time when we're hunting, it's property that you know anybody can hunt. So why should why should there be any confrontation? But it but it does get that way. Yeah, yeah. Like if uh, I mean just just throwing a scenario out there. Say somebody's running a bear and they their dog's running across a, a gravel road or something, and someone 
is also hunting that area, has no idea they're in that area. They go driving through and rig that track. They cut dogs loose on it because it's a hot track. Well, they, we all end up at the same tree, and it gets a little awkward. Yeah, and then there's also, in that same scenario, say that the other guys that run that bear across the road, they could be sitting there on a the track waiting for tail-end dogs, mm-hmm. and they could very well look at you and say, hey, we just run one across the road. Y'all want to help us out? We've been running it for three or four hours, and they can't catch it. If y'all ain't got anything going, you want to jump in here and try to help us get this thing treated? Mm-hmm. And might jump right in with them. Yeah. Um, I, I, we hear stories of the disputes um, and the issues within the bear hunting community. But for us, I mean, I've not seen it. I know you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been doing it a long time. I mean, I've seen some very minute uh, issues, but um, not really had any big disputes. Yep. Okay, well, this guy, here's a good question. Have you seen a, a decline in deer with a rise in bear populations? And my opinion on that is no. Yeah, I would. I, I, I don't have any scientific data. Right. <laughs> but in my opinion, I, I'm with you. I don't think that the uh, I think that the bear population is growing. Yeah. But do I think that with the bear population growing that the deer population is decreasing? No, I don't. Right. And and it seems like uh, some areas have more deer. Some areas have more bears. Some areas have just as many deer as there are bear. Yeah. You know, for our area where we hunt, and it just depends on where you're at. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the, like I said, the, the science of it. I think that our DNR here in West Virginia uh, if there was that issue, I think they would be. Cha- I think they would be adjusting seasons right. in order to contain it or control it. Right, and they obviously. I mean, they have opened up some seasons down here. Uh, they opened up uh, four counties for that early season, and that wasn't always around. No, we. I mean, it was. I think it was five years ago they opened it, and it was like three days. Then it went to five days, and then a week. And now it's two weeks. Obviously, we have a healthy population of bears. Right. Um, but is it hurting the deer population? I'm going to say no, because if anybody would do their research, you would see how many deer were harvested in previous years compared to now. Yeah. Yeah. And, or the, or the quality of deer that had been harvested. Yeah. Um, last year I felt like there was a potload of quality deer harvested here yeah. in, 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 in West Virginia in, in West Virginia yeah um, so no I don't I don't think it affects it I mean I'd like to hear what a biologist had to say right right and we are not biologists by any means we are just three dudes with headphones talking yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm so, definitely not throwing my name in the scientific mix <laughs> right so we're just uh, we're just throwing our opinion out there guys so uh, don't hold us you know don't don't get mad at us. If we get something wrong, and if you think we've got something wrong, please feel free to comment uh, and let us know. Because I mean, we would like to be right, and we like to, uh, you know, correct our our mistake. So yeah, I mean, on the bears, one listener wants to know the distance of the chases. Um, How long a bear will run. Again, there's no scientific data. I, I honestly think. If a bear's ate a good meal that morning, 
and he's feeling spunky, yeah, he's going to run a long way. Yeah, that's what I was talking about <laughs> with Chad the other day. I said, I if you get if you cut loose on that bear that just got his belly full and he's been at the watering hole, he's feeling primed up. <laughs> yeah. He's like an NFL player, you know, in the locker room for the game, feeling good. He's getting loose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it varies. I mean, we there's and then here's something interesting that that I would like to know. There is, I mean, if you're a houndsman, you can you comment, let us know if if you have this same experience. There's some areas we run, guys, where the bears are so they're they're so hard to treat. You can is, catch them. Yeah, but you, you can't can. treat them. You can. And, and and we do tree one every now and then, but it's like you just got to get lucky and find the one, you know. But then that's the first part of the question is if you guys experience a place where the bears are tree easier than other places you hunt. Right. And then, like I'm saying, and then we can go somewhere else, uh, like in a neighboring county, and, and tree bears, I don't want to say easy, but much easier than we can in another place. And it, it, it's kind of mind-blowing to me, and I, I don't understand it. Even we'll get on good bears. I mean, like big bears, the ones that are supposed to be easier to catch and all that, and they're still tough, tough to tree. But like we said, we can go into other areas and just tree them all day long. But then what's the difference between, like right now, throughout the whole summer it's hard to tree bears in that area. Yeah. But then in December we can go tree bears yeah there i just i i mean if you're asking me what's the you difference you chalk it up to the dogs being the do- a lot i mean that's a, that's the only thing you can and, and the weather i mean right but what's the longest chase you've been on in the summer or no that you can remember i mean honestly i don't know but well it would it actually would be this past summer um because a lot of times in December, the chases aren't extremely long. And so the longest chase that I've been on this summer was with Chad. Um, that, and like I said, that, that I can remember. And it was, uh, we, we dropped a, we dropped, we, you can see on our Garmin handhelds, you can drop a pin where we start. And it gives you a straight line distance. Well, it was like 4.89 miles straight line. And those dogs ran way, way, way longer than 4.89 miles because that's a straight line distance. They were going up, around, all the way. I mean, a, you know, a crazy path. That's if you, I mean, that's as a crow flies, not not what they actually ran. Who knows how many miles they actually ran that day. So I guess that would be my longest chase that I've experienced. Yeah, I mean, we. it's hard to say because I've had chases that you drop the, drop the dogs. On a hot track, I'm th- me, Zach, and uh, Mark and Kevin from up north dropped on a track, and the dog showed tree within 30 seconds. Now, I'm I'm not kidding you. We was like something's wrong. Yeah. You know what they they're what, hung on a wall what, or something. What, what's happened down there? Yeah. And we go running down. The dogs have only gone maybe 200 yards. And I said, I said, that gone. They got one tree. <laughs> And it, and that was the um, first bear that I ever saw come down forward out of the tree. And, of course, he took off when we got in there. But but then that's the shortest chase that you could use as an example. And the longest chase is we started at daylight and we, cut, we caught the dogs at dark. Yeah. And never did catch them. I mean, most what I found, the longest chases happens 
when you got a good dog cold trailing and he cold trails, cold trails, then he gets into an inaccessible area and then all of a sudden he jumps the bear up and he's by himself. Yeah. And you have to wait and wait and wait to get to an area to cut on that track to help him out. I gotcha. So yeah, you got any other questions there? Uh packing in on long chases. Yeah, and before we go into that, it is a misconception in West Virginia. It used to be illegal in West Virginia to pack in, correct? That's right. Which if you don't know what packing in is, it's like say somebody's got say Chad gets a a, a bear started and then his dogs are running it and it crosses the road and you know Josh is tracking his dogs what crosses the road. Josh lets his dogs out and they start running it. That is what is considered packing in. And people um for the longest time would message us and be like, "Hey, y'all are breaking the law." Y'all are breaking, breaking the, the law. law. I'm like, <laughs> "Listen, they that is the last thing we ever want to do is break any sort of law because we're posting it on the internet." <laughs> it's yeah. like so we do extre- we do thorough research before we do anything to make sure that we're doing it the right way because it is easy to screw up and, and do something illegally. There's a lot of laws, there's a lot of rules and well and then and i our some of our relationships with some of the west virginia dnr officers i mean we just call them yeah we call the district offices and ask them if there's a any issue that's brought up to us we call and ask uh for approval or if somebody questions what we're doing and making sure that we interpreted the law the correct way right we'll call and get confirmation on that yeah and so what was what was the packing in question though was do we pack in on long chases? Um, because of the state law in West Virginia, we pack in on every chase. Right. It's not the long chases, it's the short chases. Which we, we pack in on every chase that we can. Some of them you Some don't get to pack can. in because, like you said, it could be that 200-yard tree. That's exactly right. But we're, I mean, we're packing in. Like right now, every one of us is wanting our pups and our young dogs to get as much run time and as much experience as possible before season comes in. So we're trying to cut them in every chase. Yep. Um, so the answer to the question is, yes, we pack in. Uh, at every opportunity we get if there's dogs in the box. Yep. Um, and so if, if you're one of those people in West Virginia that thought packing in was legal, because it was illegal for a long time, but they took it out of the regulations because – just about every other bear hunting state, you're allowed to pack in, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember the, the very first video that we did Yeah, uh, was the big bear that Richard Thomas killed. Yep. And we had several bear hunting groups in the state get a hold of me and like, dude, you need to you need to get it off the internet, what y'all. What are y'all, y'all doing? Y'all, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm telling. I, don't, I don't think we're doing anything. <laughs> they were like, well, you pa- everybody knows you packed in right there. Yeah, we did. Because we're allowed to. <laughs> because we're allowed to. Yeah. So it was an eye-opener for them. Now everybody's like, hell, we, we're all going to pack in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, It wasn't like the uh, the West Virginia DNR made this big announcement, you can pack in now. I'm pretty sure it just said in the regulations, you are not allowed to pack in dogs once the, you know, the, the chase has begun. Well, they just took it out because they realized. That's right. I guess, I mean, I'm assuming they realized that all the surrounding states – you know, you're allowed to do that. That's exactly right. I mean, it, it was in black and white, and now it's not even in the language anymore. Right. So, uh, yeah, we got that 
that and that's extremely i mean if you if you're you're not able to pack in that makes it so much harder because then it's like you know you'll see five or six trucks well say josh gets one started well that means if if everyone else isn't right there when he starts the track legally they can't add to the to the race right and so it's just a it's a pain in the butt but now that law is uh gone so yeah it used to be that Original dogs had to start in and finish the race. Yeah. And, you know, it, uh, but we don't have to worry about it anymore because it's not a law anymore. Yeah. So, yes, we pack in. Yep. And we're proud of, we're proud packers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Josh is proud of, of, of packing snuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know, a uh, couple of comments about my snuff habit. Uh, Mr. Beamer. Uh, from YouTube, you know, I apologize if you don't uh, want me to have a spit bottle and dip a snuff in, but it's probably not going to change. Right, all right. And, and as I replied to him, uh, guys, we're not, we don't claim to be professionals. We don't claim to be anybody other than ourselves. And, uh, you know, Josh likes to chew. I, I don't chew. Lane told me the other day he's been chewing since he was 10, which I found inter- interesting. <laughs> uh, sorry, Mommy and Daddy, if I just ratted on him. But, uh, but yeah, uh, basically what I'm getting at there is, guys, we're just normal guys. We're just like you all. Uh, you know, everybody's got jobs but me, and I'm doing this gig full time now. So we're just we're just normal dudes, and uh, we like making hunting videos. It's, yeah, it's fun, and we like talking about it. Right, and we like sharing our experience and 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 learning new things. Right, and like the guy That's that right. came up to you uh, in Applebee's. If y'all see us out or whatever. We are normal dudes. Just come up to us and talk. We don't care. And and we are. I love it when I get to meet someone that's like, hey, you know, I've seen your videos or whatever. I think it's awesome. I'm like awesome. Like I sit down and talk to them and get to know them. Yeah, I mean, I I want anybody to approach me. Yeah. Now, I do. I feel kind of weird that somebody knows me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel weird, but not weird towards the person coming up to me. Right. It's just that that awkwardness of. Man, this guy saw me and knows me, you know. But it's not. I want everybody who sees me come up. I love talking outdoors and swapping stories and uh, making new contacts making, and connections. That's exactly right. I mean, who knows? You might be hunting with that person a year later. You know, you might swap a hunt or something. So, so anytime you see us out, uh, if we're not, if nobody's approachable, you you message me and we'll fire somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone, if someone's rude, you know, yeah. if they if they don't have our hats by the end of the the month, somebody's getting fired. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I we're coming up on almost an hour here, guys. We've been going for quite a while. Uh, I pretty much I fired want, out. You go. Give me one more thing. Okay. Because you know how many people have asked us this question, and we're going to put it out there. It's. How do you guys keep your GPS units in your in your back pocket without messing it up? But we do that because so many people ask us about our chest harnesses that we wear. Yes. I think that's been probably the number one question since we've started releasing bear videos. The Without a doubt, the number one question. And, guys, I'm going to give you a little advice. It's a chest harness. If you Google chest harness, radio chest harness, They'll come up. <laughs> yes. If you go to Contera Safety Harnesses or, or Safety, they're a rescue company. All it is is a uh, paramedic, fireman, firefighter 
a smoke jumper. It's a chest harness they use to carry their radios and a few pieces of their gear. Right. They either got two or three pouches in them, and that's where we put our Garmin handhelds. If we're walking, you know, we'll have a radio in there so we can holler back at a truck yeah. or something. And, yeah, they're called – the one. I mean, there's multiple brands, but the one that Josh has and Chad has and everybody. Obviously, Kirk has one, too, because I had to go buy a new one because he is – Did you buy another one? Yeah. I'm almost positive it's in Chad's truck. So <laughs> they're made by Cantera. Products. Yeah, and we are we're not affiliated no. with them or anything, but I'm telling you what, we have done a lot of business for them. Oh yeah. A lot. And <laughs> leading to that is why why we call everybody wants to know why we call Kirk Captain Kirk. Is because it he is one of the leaders in the group, but it's it's not necessarily because of that. It's because he's a pirate. <laughs> so we called him Captain Kirk because he participates in piracy. Anything you let Kirk borrow or he gets, he likes something and he just grabs it, it never gets returned. That's why we call Kirk Captain Kirk. Yeah. And just I- like my chest harness. <laughs> I was on vacation and he and Jay ran my dogs. My chest harness, it wasn't in my truck when I got back. He said, I've got it. He said, but it might be in Chad's truck. So now Kirk can just have that harness because I went ahead and ordered another one because I figured it'd be some time before I got it back. Right, and like you're, uh, not to rattle myself here, this <laughs> one I felt terrible for. I felt awful. It was your, your Sony remote. Yeah. How much did those things cost? Yeah, so, you know, it, it's a uh, remote control that I use on my handle for my camera, and I knew that I had given it to Kirk. And so for three months, he searches everywhere. And he also had my spotting scope at the same time. <laughs> he got that back. I did get the spotting scope back. Well, then I looked in the spotting scope when I sold it. After me buying a $250 controller, because Kirk didn't have mine, I find the controller in the spotting scope, which he had. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have two. You've got $500 worth of remote controls. <laughs> yes, <I do. laughs> remote controls for my camera which i don't have a problem with because i can tell you what during hunting season you lose it is it is good to have extras yeah for sure so for sure no doubt and and he said i'm a pirate uh that doesn't mean i uh i don't go no he's not a thief no 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 no, not that not that i don't go to the movies on the weekend and record record the the movies and post them for sale (laughs) that's my side gig yeah that's what he does on the side so all right, guys. Hopefully, you uh, you like this podcast. We're gonna try to. I mean, we don't. We're not. We're not on a scheduled basis, but we're gonna do them whenever we can. And uh, right now, they're kind of they're kind of scheduled. We've been, we've done them. I guess the last three Mondays. Yeah, we're gonna try to put one out every week if possible. Right. I mean, we might be in season. That's gonna get tough, though. Yeah, but we in season we might be in the truck, me taking a nap midday, and, yeah. and we could do a small podcast. Yeah. Um, any questions, comments? suggestions y'all have uh for topics that you want to hear about from our view um let us know shoot us a message follow us on uh facebook and instagram subscribe to our youtube channel yeah comment on any of those platforms and let us know yeah okay guys well i hope you enjoyed this episode it's been another untamed podcast brought to you by lane kirk and josh yeah man that'll do it